This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by DocuSketch. With more than 30,000 projects handled per month, DocuSketch is the game changer in claims process optimization. Utilize 360-degree photo tours, accurate ESX sketches, and complete insurance-compliant estimates to turbocharge your business. Don't be left behind and try DocuSketch today. Go to DocuSketch.com, the most valuable tool in your tool belt. This episode is also brought to you by Kahi. Kahi is the industry-leading asset tracking, remote monitoring, and vehicle telematics solution. Kahi is built by a restoration industry veteran and technology leaders. If you want to automate the tracking of your equipment and optimize your operation, Kahi is your solution. Visit kahi.io slash crpodcast for an exclusive offer. That's kahi.io slash crpodcast. Hey, Restorers, thanks for checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. I am joined by two gentlemen that I we've been trying to connect up for a half a minute and tried to get them on the podcast because they have a lot of exciting things going on in their company and are a company on the East Coast that's really uh, taking names, I think, and expanding and making a big footprint as they expand. So I'm excited to be joined by Greg Boatwright and Angela Ferrante from Advanced Disaster Recovery, or you might know them as Advanced DRI. I was asking them ahead of recording what they really prefer to go by. So there might be multiple things that you have heard them go by, but you've also seen press releases from them, I'm sure, on CNR's website and Facebook pages and LinkedIn because they've been making acquisitions and growing their footprint and they have um, more aspirations coming into 2024. So Greg and Angela, thank you very much for joining me. I am going to toss it over to, I guess, Greg first to kind of introduce yourself and share your background in the industry a little bit. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I've been in the industry now going on six years is all. So Angelo's the old veteran. So I'm, I'd be the newbie on our team. So I know just enough to be dangerous, say stuff and Angelo saves me, you know, but uh, <laughs> my, my background was in corporate world, working with like companies like Alcoa, Reynolds Aluminum. So I'm really on the process side, the finance side, the acquisition side is kind of my role in the company. So so that, that's my, my background in restoration, five and a half years. What's it been like coming from like corporate America, that kind of stuff into restoration? It's completely different. Animal. You know, it, it, it's different, but I was in the building materials part okay. of corporate world. Okay. So I was on the manufacturing distribution side, selling to contractors. So I was always out in the field. So it, it's, I'm very familiar and I'm very comfortable in that space. So I just bring some of the... Uh, the business system stuff to the to this which is foreign to a lot of the companies <laughs> yes it is it's hard for restorers to slow down and get the systems and processes in place because we just, right. just, just go yeah yeah angelo how about you um introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background absolutely michelle thanks for having us and glad we finally connected so my history goes back 30 plus years in the construction business we started in a small family business, my brother and my, my dad building homes, started basically one at a time. And we eventually finished up 2007, 2008. We built around 500 homes, you know, overall and a bunch of commercial space. My background is heavy, heavy construction. Found this business called Restoration, knew nothing about it in 2008. 
and just kind of fell in love with the whole mitigation and, and so forth. Kind of built it up over to a bunch of years. We got involved with DKI way back when. Just met met a gentleman and um, about five, six years ago, met Greg. And, you know, again, we were just mom and pop. We knew how to do the work, just didn't know the systems. So uh, it was a great partnership. He, he came on board. And two, three years later, we found some investors and our little Hudson Valley DKI, which is what it was at uh, at that time, um, has grown into what we are today. So uh, it's really exciting. And, you know, it's great to be just around people that are so much smarter than me. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> that, that's not true. Don't let him fool you. So did you know five or six years ago that you wanted to expand and start acquiring other companies or did that come a little bit later? What was kind of the point in time where you knew, all right, we're going to grow this way versus, you know, different ways you could grow a company? Well, Greg, I mean, he he um, had experience in the M&A world already. So okay. we knew that going in. So, you know, it started off maybe just as kind of cleaning us up. And then, you know, it was like, oh, by the way, I know these guys. And there was a lot of interest at, at that time where all of a sudden you started seeing a lot of action. So just one thing led to another. And then, you know, we brought in the, the two initial companies, which is us and, and the A-Molly brand, which was down in Jersey. Yep. That was uh, it's a little over three years now. So now we have 12 locations. So it's crazy, crazy run. A crazy run. And now what are your plans from here? We're recording this in beginning of 2024. So Greg, you want to take this one first? Where, yeah. What do you yeah. Think so. So our strategy is, you'll hear me say, we want to be the biggest little company in our region, right? We want to, we want to be big from having the resources to, to support our locations, but we're little because we operate local, right? Mm -hmm. And if you visit our company, you'll see that, you know, the locations, you know, we really work on that, that culture. Okay. So, so we're regional. We're not, we're not the big national. So we're currently in New Jersey, New York, PA and Connecticut. We will likely go a state outside of that. We're, we're in many, many talks right now with, with lots of companies. And so, but it's going to be regional. And we like that because we can reach out and help each other if one location needs it, right? With equipment or manpower or just, just advice, you can get there real quickly. And so, so that's our plan. So we're three years and a month in, uh, in business and, we're going to keep adding as it makes sense and, um, you know, not add just to add. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've grown quickly. We're 15 times bigger now in, wow. in revenue than, than when we started. And so um, a lot of fun stuff. So we'll keep doing that. We, we are, uh, we do have financial backing, so who knows what it is way down the road. But right now, we're focused on just growing this region and being that regional brand that, that this area can go to. What have you two found is the key to kind of systems and processes that have allowed you to acquire and grow at 15x in a very short time and make that even possible to keep you know employees happy and to keep things going and not let customers down and, and everything? That's a, That's fast growth. Angela, go for it. You go for it, Angela. I, I have one answer, then I'll come in with something. Well, it, you know, it's for me, again, I was, we were just contractors. So, you know, it was been a learning curve for me, big time, me and my brother, you know, back in the day, he would drive an excavator and I would be in a ditch laying pipes. So, you know, this is, this is new stuff. So onboarding of companies, 
has been re really challenging. I think we've all learned, you know, yeah. over over time what works and what doesn't work. We've gotten better, and you know, we don't have it necessarily dialed in, but uh, we're, we're pretty good with it. And you know, it took a while to get the right people on on the bus, and we're centralizing some services like you know accounting and and estimating. So, you know, it's definitely been a challenge, but. We're at, we're at a really good place now in 2024 you know, is going to be big uh, once we start bringing in some of these other companies. So good stuff. Greg, oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the thing that I would add that it enabled that because it's challenging, right? Because people are nervous with change. And so, so we work really hard in the initial process to connect with as many employees as owners will let us. I mean, that that's a whole uh, discussion in itself on on when owners will let you engage with people. But mm -hmm. so we start there. Um, we picked what we call platform systems. Like, like the, this is our job management system. This is our accounting system. This is our you know, whatever system. This is the advanced disaster recovery way. You know, we picked that. And is it the right one? Who knows? But it's the one we got. <laughs> it's what we're sticking with. Yep. And we take, we take people to it right day one if they're not on it and and just get that out of the way because there's never a good time to change system so just do it no. day one go put them on there and we, we've developed a, a team now you know with, with that goes in and and, and kind of make sure their area gets implemented and so mm -hmm. uh, is it perfect now there's always something that jumps up but i would say we're pretty doggone good because we, we don't lose people and yeah, I we, think we don't miss the service side of things either. I mean, we take care of the clients. So, yeah, I think it's better at, at first. We were kind of like weeding into a lot of these different things. Now it's just like shock and awe. We just this is this is the system we use day one, and you know they're in. That's it. Boom. So <laughs> uh, I think it's it's, 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 it's not, people don't like change, but um, that's we found that's the way to do it for sure. What was the process like to? determine, for example, like what job management software you want to use or whatever. I mean, there are so many options out there now that I know that a lot of contractors struggle with weeding through those and any show you go to, there's more options even out there then. So what did it look like kind of, I don't know, vetting the different options and determining what was best for you? Because every company also has a different fit, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when, when we started, so my buddy there, Angelo, you know, it, it, he was the flavor of the day guy when I first started working with him. <laughs> uh, so we worked with a bunch of them. <laughs> and then we figure it out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then we, as we formed this company and we, we bought a Molly, uh, they really had some things dialed in with their job system and they were much bigger than we were. And so we said, you know what, we're not going to upset the apple cart. They got it dialed in. Let, let's go with their job management system. Then we brought some of our tools that we use and, and we just put it all together from there. But I know there's lots coming out every day. There's a lot of activity and our size right now. I don't know when I look at the, the benefit to a change, I, I just don't see it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, right now. So we're, we're just keep dialing in what we have and uh, work to improve it from, you know, with what we got. So, and what's nice about all these systems now, not all of them, but a lot of them now are starting to integrate with each other. 
So change yes. doesn't really make any sense. You know, if we're talking to company cam, they work with uh, Dash or vice versa, yep. that type of thing. So that's been really helpful for us. As you've integrated these companies in, have you had them also have the same kind of processes for when it comes to, I don't know, scoping a job, creating their estimates, having reviews, or is it like... <laughs> You're really going to ask that, huh? You know, it, it, it's probably the one area that we're still working hard at. So so when we we put them on the, the accounting system, job management systems, day one, but we try not to upset their initial workflow day one because we want to take care of customers. So we want to learn what they're doing, first of all, because maybe they, they know something better than we do, you know? And, and so we, we try to learn from each of the acquisitions. And so now we've got all these companies in uh, from the scoping all the way to getting the estimate. And um, we're, we're working hard to create our standard. Um, we're, we're not there. I mean, some of them had the PMs run, yeah. scope it, write it. Yep. Some of them didn't do any of that. They just sent it all into an estimating hub. But we do have a hub and, and we are centralizing, estimating, HR, accounting, that back office is all centrally managed. Okay. How we get the information in there is still a little variable. Okay. And to, to make those changes, especially on the scoping estimating, is just the skill set of each of the individual's offices, the way they were originally hired. Yep. You know, we have you know project managers that don't even know how to turn on the exactimate, but they do very well. But that was their way. We just, yep. you know, so we're kind of working with what we have. So... What do you two, I'm guessing that you both have different things that you look for in companies as you go in to potentially make an acquisition or bring somebody else into the fold. Cause I think you both come at this from kind of different angles. It sounds like, so like Angela, what are you looking for in a company that comes into talks about maybe joining advanced disaster recovery? Well, I think first of all, foremost is the people. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get a really good flavor of the company just by, you know, the owner, right? So they set the tone for culture and and processes and so forth. So that's really number one. If you don't get along with the owner, you know, we're, we're just not going to buy anybody just because your numbers are good. Because the owner has to be part of that whole onboarding process. It's not like you just buy it and they're leaving. They got to be at the minimum six months, you know, four to six months would be a minimum, but most of the owners are at least 12 months. So I would say it's 100% the folks for me. Greg, what about you? Yeah, so, so we've been that underground company, you know, not, not too flashy out there, just doing our thing up here. And so we've been looking for those companies that frankly, a lot of the big national consolidators have not been. So they tend to be smaller. Um, and the downside of that, you tend to have to do a lot more work with them to even make them where you can acquire them to figure yeah. out what they're doing. Sure. But but we start with, I agree with, with Angelo, people and fit, you know, we're going to be working with these uh, owners and their employees. So we look at the culture first, and then we think about it from, okay, is it a, a geographic expansion? Or does it help us in a gap in our service area? Do they bring a service to us that, you know, we want that we don't have, or maybe they enhance it? Um, something like that. So that, that's kind of our screening tools. Then we find that few of them have any kind of uh, decent books. So we have to put a lot of work into 
understanding the earnings and educating on the the sell process so it tends to take a while mm-hmm. but um those ones we're looking for and, and we're flexible there's no there's no blueprint like this is the way we do it. it it's different every time based on what the owner wants what the employees want and i think that's something that makes us unique and people uh they like that and so that's what we look for so when you talk about like the advanced disaster recovery culture, and I'm guessing that this carried over from like Hudson Valley DKI, I'm guessing that that was kind of the core culture that's built out from there. So what does a good culture look like? Like, what are some of the things that you think even make you unique from other players in the industry um, that are attractive to your employees, keep your employees around stuff that make you different? Angela, I'll let you tackle that one first. Uh, that's a big one. That's a big one. So I'm, I'm located in our, the office that I started in, in uh, New Hampton here, which is uh, about an hour north of New York City. I mean, here, the culture, you know, how we built it is just, you know, again, it's mom and pop still, it doesn't matter. You know, we have over 220 employees, but, you know, I, I, I don't know all of them, but I know most of them. Uh-huh. So, you know, just, just interacting with folks is, is huge. You know, I actually look at all the reviews, you know, I do all the reach out. So I just think it's just having that personal being available to anybody. I'm on the phone with a lot of the project managers throughout the day and they don't report to me, but I just think it's important that, you know, to be in their lives and kind of see what they're doing on a, on a daily basis. If it's just work or if it's even just family stuff, what's happening. So that's been very successful for me and they'll get up in the middle of the night for me, you know, because of that type of stuff. And that's a big deal. So, it is, yeah. you know, but, but again, just trying to portray that to every office is, you know, is definitely a challenge, but we, we got a, most of the people on the bus are, are on the bus now. So we're in a really, really good place. Yeah. Greg, anything you want to add? Yeah. Well, we started with, you know, creating our vision and mission and values, right. And, and we, we measure ourselves against that. You know, we do reviews against it. We talk about it. <laughs> and so we start there and then you know people ask me about an org chart reporting structure <clears throat> and I always draw a circle and then I write all our names in it I said that's our org chart I said if, if you got the ability you got the time and something needs to be done you're going to do it okay and so that really uh, confuses a lot of folks mm-hmm. you know and, and so every now and then we have to clarify the reporting lines from and to me it's for communication yeah but everything else about getting the job done so where angelo said they don't report to him they don't but i mean we all talk to i mean we're just we're involved you know and um i I like talking about our mission because we say we build people they'll build the company Mm-hmm. And, and 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 we we mean that you know we've got operations managers at three locations now one was a technician two others one was a claims person and one was an, an estimator person they're running locations for us now so we're about you know building them up and uh, growing the company and the one value i like the most we have value of have fun you know we, we laugh at each other pick at each other and you know don't take things too serious you know it's just it's what it's about it's fun 
Can you guys think of something um, from a company that you've acquired? Maybe it's a process, maybe it's part of their culture, maybe it's something that really stood out and it's like, that is cool. That is something that we definitely want to bring into the company. See wheels turning in both of you. You want to think about it for a minute? I mean, you. I got some things. Yeah. Go, Go for it, Greg. Yeah, so, so, so when we were working with Angelo's business, we were DKI, so and we, we did no TPA work, mm-hmm. none of that, and we buy a, a big company, A Molly, in, in uh, Jersey, and they were all TPA, and they were much bigger than us. And let me tell you, it's challenging, but I like it, you know. And, and that probably makes any restorer listen to this fall out of their chair, but I do like it. Right? I mean, it comes in, and we know how to do it. Yeah. And we're good at TPA work. So, so from a business process, that was really cool and and good to watch um, and learn from. I, I don't know that that's a business system. I mean, something fun or that's a unique. Great answer. What do you think, Angela? No, that's true. But it's it's funny, you know. Even though our offices are only, you know, it's nice that our office is only an hour to two hours away from each other. So we're able to visit them on a pretty regularly basis. So, you know, that's, that's super helpful, but um, where I was going with this, Michelle, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need, you need things. Well, some people, you... go ahead. You, you need something unique or different that we saw. It's really cool. Um, I, well, I, mean, I just think each one, even, I guess where I was going with it, even though they're only an hour and a half away, like our two Jersey offices, one's up by New York City. So it's very city oriented type of folks. Yep. And then you drive an hour and a half south and it was an eight mile office too. And they're wearing flip-flops. Yeah. So it's just, you know, just among the two, the different offices, which you think are close, it's there's a different kind of, uh, I don't know, way of life or, you know, different yeah. mood at each one. So I think that for me has been really, really, really neat. We did have to address the flip-flops, though. Yes, we did yes. have to put in place a little bit of a dress code. You know, they're on the beach, you know? I mean, I, yeah, there could be a few issues with flip-flops, but yeah. I suppose it depends on what position you have, I suppose. But anyway, um, talk a little bit about, we had talked offline ahead of time, kind of about your... Um, your motto of keeping it simple, not having, you know, you don't need to be the flashiest on the street necessarily, but you know what you're doing. You have the right processes and things like that. So talk a little bit about what that means. You would use the term like you're a normal restorer. So a little bit about what that means. I'm not sure who wants to tackle that one, but you know what direction I'm going. So go for it. Go for it, Ange. I'll let you go first. Well, all right. So, I mean, our office, our, our corporate office is literally a thousand square feet, right? That's all our corporate office. And then our, you know, we're working out, most of ours look like homes almost that have been converted to offices. It's it's really, we're, we're 12 mom and pop locations that have just, you know, grown into one entity. You know, we have a 3000 square foot shop at our, our main facility small but it works we you know we have 12 crews that go out every day at the small shop we don't have a training room if we need a training room we're going to the holiday inn and we we rent a room for the day so we get a lot of work done a lot of volume comes through all of our offices we just kind of keep it simple and 
it works. I mean, that's all I can really say to it. Greg, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have the big flashy, you know, signs and stuff everywhere. I mean, we, we do have our brand, right? Our trucks and, and all that. We, we care about the brand, but the stuff inside, you come to our place. I mean, it, it's nice. It's just little. I mean, but we got, we got 12 locations, 210 employees, something like that now. And I mean, we need to go out to where they are. They don't, we don't need this big, in my opinion, we don't need a big office because I mean, largely customers aren't coming to you. You know, we were there, whatever, seven in the morning, everybody, you know, high five, get in the truck and go do some freaking work. You know, there's nobody left at the office. <laughs> Why do you need a big office? That's, that's the way I look at it. So, you know, then processes, it, it's easy to make something simple, complicated, you know, and so we work hard to take the complicated and make it simple. Well, the COVID, the COVID we actually started this whole um, growth piece right right after COVID started, right? And, you know, that started in March. So we were right in the middle of it. So right after that, nobody came to the office anyway. So, yeah. you know, we have a bigger office in Jersey. You know, there's a, maybe 20% of the people who are actually there. So, you know, that taught us a lot. And, yeah. it, you know, probably taught a lot of people a, a lot of stuff about remote working. Taught a lot of people, but a lot. COVID taught yeah. us a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It did. Okay. So taking a step back from advanced DRI and kind of looking at the industry as a whole, because you, again, both kind of come at it from different angles and um, different paths, which is awesome. So I'm curious what you both see as the biggest challenge in the industry right now. So Angela, I'll toss this one to you first, the biggest challenge. And then if you want to be thinking about it, I'm going to ask the biggest opportunity next, but what do you think is the biggest challenge contractors are facing? Well, I mean, us personally, you know, I know there's a lot of talk on TPA and, and that type of stuff. I don't, for us, that's not a challenge. We, we, we're we embracing that. It's taken me a little bit longer. We really <laughs> think that's a, a way the industry's going. We yeah. just, just see that. So that's really, we, we don't really have a challenge with that. We're very good at it, to be honest with you. Our challenge is, I think, is just finding the right people for growth, right? That's, um, so we have a great HR department and they work hard to find people, but it's just an ongoing. And, you know, when you talk about onboarding of companies, onboarding of employees, that's a whole nother part of it. And keeping, you know, again, going from one office to 12 offs, keeping that culture. So I think some of that is, is challenging, but I think we're doing very well with it, but you always have to be working at it. You can't be complacent on it. So I would say that for me, that's, uh, our biggest challenge. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, to that point, one thing we, we created something that we call our Advanced Disaster Recovery University, right? So we have all of our trainings, our uh, paths, like if you're a technician, here's the trainings you do. If you're PM, here's a training. So, so we created all these structure um, to help with that. Um, and, and we find people, our HR team does good. Um, it's hard, but they find them for. So we really haven't been limited by people. I mean, if I look at the industry, the challenge, you know, you got a lot of the M and A, okay, and mm -hmm. so and there and there's reasons for that. It there, you know, it, it's tough for a little guy with all the insurances and everything out there. So, um, you know, 
that that's going to continue to be a challenge for somebody that's small independent like what yep. do i do yeah you know if, if you look at the industry and I, and I would throw out there we're one of those companies that you can look at if you're in our region you know <laughs> but and then just technology back to the shiny penny thing i yep. bet every day there's a new widget coming out there try yes. this try that try mm -hmm. that they're all getting at similar problems in our industry yep and you just got to be smart about it because you can spend a lot of money and get nowhere yeah. um, angelo and i have in our past <laughs> on things it just yeah. it happens so so i try to bring that discipline from my chair like oh, hang on just a minute i know it looks good but let, let's let's make sure it tastes okay you know and so that's that's i think a big challenge um but the opportunity, you know, I got, it's a great industry and it's a lot of fun and a lot of good people. And um, I don't know, it, it's endless opportunities for employees that really want to learn and grow. Yes. That's the way I think about it. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, you hear a lot, so much negativity on, on stuff that's happening, but some of it you can't change. Mm -hmm. We just got to embrace it and just figure out how to do it better. So I think that's kind of where what camp we're in. You know, we can whine and bitch and, and everything else, but <laughs> it's it's a lot of this is coming. Yeah. And you know, and we do what's best for our, our employees and our customers. So yep. that's what we're doing. Yep. I love it. All right. Anything that either of you want to add before we wrap it up? I'm glad we got to chat and um, you got to share more about the company and your growth. And it is unique and different, which is really fun to talk about and show what other people are doing. And, you know, we hear a lot about the big national players, but it's it's fun to hear about companies that are doing it differently. And there are so many changes and a lot of contractors in the same boat as you trying to figure out what's next. What do we do now? So anything else you guys want to add? Well, I want to add something, a little bit of a commercial if we can. I don't know when you're going to put this out there, but as we look at some of the small businesses I've told you that we look at, they don't know what this process is. They often don't even know what running a good business is. They know if they got cash in the bank account, you right? And so we're running a workshop um, in February and we're going to we're going to, it's a one day workshop where we're going to teach people some things and going to give them some takeaways. Business Mentors is helping us and uh, they're actually our guest speaker. We're, we're, we're reaching out for uh, companies to come. So if you're in our region, independent, and you'd like to learn some of this stuff, whether you're selling or not, it's the right way to run the business. You'll have a better business. You'll be less stressed get more sleep and you'll have more fun <laughs> just take take some of these tools so so come to our workshop it, it's at a brewery what the heck you can throw some axes and have a beer after the workshop if you want it <laughs> see if we if we had a big if we had a big shop we can have it there yeah yeah we know oh. we're we're over at the brewery <laughs> brewery and axe throwing sounds great especially if at the end of it you're like oh I yeah mean, enough of this. look at my financials now so <laughs> Right. Yeah. Don't tell me about whip accounting. <laughs> I would just like to add, Michelle, just uh, I just want to thank you for, you know, pursue, continue to pursue us to, to get yeah. us on here. Really appreciate you and, and CNR magazine on everything you do uh, yeah. for the industry as a whole. So thank you so much. Well, thank really you. Really good. Really good.
Hopefully we'll cross paths soon at a show. I'm sure we will. We're into show season, so I'm sure we will cross paths. We will see you. I'll we'll be there. For more Restoration Today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.